grace and mercy and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God that we consider together today is that first reading where Moses and the elders were invited up to the mountain to meet with the Lord. Have you ever found yourself somewhere that is so nice or fancy that you felt like you didn't quite belong there? Maybe on a trip, you stopped at a shop or a restaurant and the prices were unexpectedly high or the menu items hard to pronounce and you said, I'm not sure that this place is for me. I wonder how Moses and Aaron and the Israelite leaders felt that day when they were in the presence of God on the top of that mountain. They were blessed to see God. Not all of God's glory, because God said that no sinful human here on earth can see his face and live. But they did get to see God's feet and under them a pavement of the shiniest, brightest sky blue color and how deeply they must have sensed their own unworthiness to be in such a holy place. So how and why did they get to be there where sinners don't deserve to be? That required preparation that God alone can do. God first invited Moses and his brother Aaron and Aaron's two sons, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 other leaders of the Israelites to come partway up the mountain to worship him. And then God told Moses alone to come the rest of the way up the mountain. And there God gave Moses his words and his laws, which then Moses went down and reported them to the people. And they promised to obey everything that God said. Then Moses built an altar and surrounded it with 12 stone pillars. That altar proclaimed God's presence among those 12 tribes of Israel who were represented by those pillars. Then they sacrificed some animals and collected the blood. Half the blood they splashed against the side of the altar. And then Moses again repeated the words and the laws of God, and the people again promised, we will do everything the Lord has said, we will obey. And then Moses sprinkled the other half of that blood on the people. If someone did that to you, how would you respond? Why did Moses sprinkle blood on them? It was because even though they promised that they would do everything God had said, they would fail to keep their promise. And with their sins, they would make themselves unworthy of the relationship that God had established with them. Their sins separated them from God. So God planned the way to bring them back. 
God would make a sacrifice to pay for their sins. Those animal sacrifices did not really forgive any sins. Instead, they pointed to the sacrifice of the Savior God had promised. And so when Moses was sprinkling that blood on the people, God was proclaiming that he himself would pay the price to forgive their sins and to restore them to himself. Moses explained that when he said, This is the blood of the covenant. Remember those words because we'll hear them again a little later. This is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. And with that blood of the covenant, God covered their sin and their unworthiness and brought them into a close relationship with himself. And that is why Moses and Aaron and all the others were able to eat and drink in God's presence where they did not deserve to be. About 1,400 years after this, Jesus' disciples were eating and drinking with him. And he said, This is my blood of the covenant. Those words that Moses had spoken. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. The disciples were in the presence of the Holy Son of God. Really, where no sinner deserves to be. And that is true for you and for me, too. Our consciences warn us that not everything is right between us and God. And when God, who is holy, demands that we be holy, he means perfect obedience, not try our best. And we know that we don't even always try our best whether it's to be patient or to stop a lustful thought or to pray. And so when we confess our sins to God, we admit that we do not deserve to be in his presence, but instead we deserve his punishment. With love that we do not deserve, God has changed our situation so that instead of receiving the punishment that we deserve, He invites us into fellowship with him, invites us into a close and personal relationship with him. God does this not by sprinkling some sacrificed animal's blood on us. This cost him much, much more. The Bible says this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Jesus, the son of God, the sacrifice for our sins. The son of God became the lamb of God, sacrificed to take away the sin of the world. Jesus' sinless life has earned the righteousness that we need. His holy Innocent, bitter sufferings of death have paid for all sins. We notice the painful details of that this Holy Week 
as we see our Savior arrested and mocked, as we see him beaten and crowned with thorns, as he is crucified and forsaken, as with his holy blood he pays the price for all sin. With the blood of his own Son, God the Father has paid the price to restore us to himself and to invite us to eat and to drink with him in heaven forever. And for us to remember and be certain of this, Jesus began a holy meal for us to eat and drink with him. As he ate that Passover meal with his disciples, Jesus took some of the bread that was made without yeast, and he said, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup and said, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant. He spoke clearly and plainly. The bread is his body. The wine is his blood. These are not mere symbols that just remind us of his body and blood. Jesus' body and blood are truly present. A miracle that goes beyond our understanding. His words call for faith. That we humbly believe what he says. That we simply take him at his word. Instead of trying to figure out how this can be, Jesus tells us why he invites us to eat and to drink his body and blood. He tells us this is for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus gives the proof of your forgiveness. His body and his blood offered upon the cross and in your hand and with your mouth, you touch and you taste the very payment that has been made to set you free from your guilt and to redeem you to be a child of God and to pay your entrance into eternal life in heaven. In this holy meal, you taste and see that the Lord is good. But hasn't God already forgiven our sins in baptism and also in his word? Well, yes, he has. So why does he also give us forgiveness in Holy Communion? God tells us this in multiple ways because he wants us to be sure. Forgiveness of sins remains our greatest and our constant need. We know the sins that weigh upon our hearts. We know our struggles to maybe control our temper or to watch our language. We see our quickness to worry about the future. We know our failed good intentions to fight temptation more strongly or to love and serve others more selflessly. We continue to show ourselves unworthy of our Savior's love. Will Jesus get tired of inviting us to his Holy Supper? 
Listen to his answer to that question when he says, This is my body, which is for you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me whenever you drink it. This is for you and for me. Jesus deeply desires our salvation and our forgiveness. And with this bread that is his body, and with this wine that is his blood, he gives us the personal assurance of his love. He comes to us saying, I have come for you. I went to the cross to make the payment for all of your sins. I have given you my new covenant, a solemn agreement that I will remember your sins no more. And as pledge of this, I give you my body and my blood in and with this bread and wine. This is for you. So how do these gifts and blessings become our own? There is no cost or payment that we must bring. Jesus has paid it all. This meal is on him. His words, this is for you, require nothing but a repentant heart that trusts his word and receives his gifts. Do you believe that you are a sinner who is unworthy of God's love and deserving of his punishment? Do you believe that God the Father placed all your sins upon Jesus? The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and your sins too. Do you trust Jesus' promise that he gives you his true body and blood in and with this bread and wine? Do you need his strength to overcome temptation? And to live in obedience to God's will? Faith answers yes to all of those questions. And when you come to Holy Communion with repentant faith, the Lord Jesus will never say, Sorry, sinner, this is not for you. No, he has paid the price to prepare you and invites you to eat and drink with him, saying, This is for you. At his table, we say, Jesus, I don't deserve this, but thank you. Thank you for covering my unworthiness with your righteousness and forgiving all my sins. Thank you for taking the punishment that I deserve and giving me your love that I don't deserve. Keep me always faithful to you until I will eat and drink with you in heaven and forever give thanks for your undeserved love. Amen.